right, on the podcast today, we have Coach Evan Hot. He's a Christian, husband to Madeline, father to Sadie and Rocco, godfather to Chancellor, and you can find him on Twitter at CoachPrimeRTP. Uh, coach was the head coach at Elkins High School here in West Virginia. Uh, he won the first uh, ever playoff game uh, at Elkins as the head coach. And I know you really enjoy uh, listening to this podcast. All right, we got Coach Evan Hot on the podcast. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me tonight, Coach. Yeah, buddy. I think we're both living like the – we both have small kids' lives. We got to do this like late at night because we have, we have kids trying to put to bed. Yeah, absolutely. It was funny when you – I didn't know how you would receive that text because I was like, well, Sadie goes to bed typically around 8.30, so anytime after that's good. So. Oh, yeah, yeah no doubt, man. It's fun. Um yeah, this is usually when I do them. Like it's 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 at night and just trying to you know make myself a better coach. You know, trying to figure out like, hey, what are, what are the guys that are really good coaches do, and just and gain wisdom from them. Absolutely, because I, I I feel like every every coach has taken ideas from somebody else. I don't feel like there's any really original thoughts anymore. Everything is is stolen or revamped in some sort of way. So. Any way that the coaching community can make each other better, I'm I'm all for it. Oh, no doubt, man. I man, I, I'm thinking about all the guests I've had on and you know, just ideas I've taken and stolen and um you're definitely gonna steal some from you, coach. So, you know, we're all we're all, we're all idea bandits around here, I guess. Oh yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Well, coach, if you don't mind, please give the listeners some background about yourself and then we'll uh we'll go from there. All right. So I was born and raised in Elkins. Um, my playing career was 04 to 06, uh, went to Fairmont state and graduated with a degree in phys ed and health education and came back to Elkins in 2012, uh, was an assistant coach and a, a freshman coach. And 2015, I was uh, named defensive coordinator. Uh, 2017 named head coach. So my dad was uh, the head coach from 1997 to 2016. So I I made my way from towel boy and ball boy and and everything all the way to head coach. So I pretty much held every position there there is on the on the football side. And that's awesome. I I've not I obviously have not like stayed in the coach where I was born and stuff. But that's got to be an interesting dynamic for you. So your dad was the head coach and then like trying to like figure out what do I do? How do I do it? Like, how did you make the decision to stay where you were and not try to like branch out, I guess? Well, I always had uh, pride and I, I, I wanted to instill pride that I had with the orange and black with the young guys that were coming up. And um, I really wanted to, to work with dad because uh, it, it, I just felt like it was a special relationship and I wanted to expand on that and because I actually had a, a job in a in a conference school coming out of college but I turned it down because I wanted to come back and, and um, just start and hopefully finish my career with Elkins and um, like I said just just kind of help dad out and help guide those young guys that that I had watched in Pop Warner and be around them and try to uh, expand their growth as as young people and football players. 
That's awesome, man. I mean, you led them to the first playoff one in school history, right? If I remember correctly, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we were we were zero and five um, in in eighty and in ninety two. We went up against Brooke, who was a perennial powerhouse, and um, see two thousand three. We beat University. That was my freshman year. Beat University in the regular season and lost in the playoffs. And two thousand eleven lost to Hurricane. And 2012 lost to Huntington, so we, we've been to the dance, but we didn't quite make it the, the way we wanted to. So uh, it was definitely cool to, to kind of etch our name in history because that was that was something that we talked about that week of telling the boys that they pretty much had the the pen and the the book was empty, so that they could write whatever they wanted to. And I know those guys were hungry, and it was a special group. And that's awesome. We played Sissonville weeks or golly, not even week three because the way our schedule went, game three, and, man, they they were good. And I, I yeah. when you guys came and beat them, I said, man, coach has got that thing going. You guys did a really good job. Yeah, it was – they were something because, I mean, the quarterback was dynamic. He could throw well, mm -hmm. and we were we were scared what he could do on the ground because um, we knew we had to contain the pocket against him because we definitely didn't want to get him out and going. And Griffith, I mean, he ran for over a 1,000 yards, and – I think five or five and a half games. Yeah. He, he was a stud. He he ran like he was possessed, and their line was huge. And I mean, they were well coached, and um, we we knew we had our hands full watching on film. And um, we, but we were just excited to to show people that what we could do, and because we didn't feel like we were a 16 seed. And uh, and I, I talked to one of my principals there a couple of weeks ago, and he's actually the basketball coach, and we just talked about the the competition in the Big Ten Conference and how there are so many good schools and we just beat up on each other. And um, that was our my first time being in the playoffs. And we've came close, but we, we've lost too many games uh, in conference and other teams are – it seems like they're always representing our conference in the playoffs and even state championships in the, in the past five or six years. So it was nice to finally – finally get there and do something with it oh no doubt i remember it was at 16 and 17 when i was at riverside man we went four and six twice but you know we had to play capital spring valley you know right. those those kind of guys like south charleston you know and, and i know what you're talking about man you you just get beat up like that was the msac you know same thing with the big 10 like you're just trying to survive some weeks yeah. and just try to get to the to the next one then we were so smart. We scheduled Morgantown as our like non, non right. conference team. We lost to them in 15, 16 and beat them in 17. But man, that was, that's a heck of a program there. Coach, you guys were single wing. Like when your dad was there, you weren't all single wing. Was that, yeah. I, I'd heard that. I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit. Yeah. When I was, when I was playing, uh, we were wing T. We ran the jet series. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chuck Clausing, Cumberland University. Um, mm -hmm. Dad got that from a clinic and, and just ran with it. And he ran that from, I want to say 2000 to um, 2010. And okay. Tyler Harris came on staff and he, he played for dad and he was part of that 03 playoff team. And uh, his brother and, and Jay, his brother, his good buddy, uh, Jeremy Haymore, they're just single wing fanatics and Tyler kept talking to dad about installing it in 2010. They did um, put a couple plays in at the end of the year and 
11 and 12, that was our, our base. And I mean, we went to back, to back playoff years and uh, it, it was definitely something special because nobody, nobody had seen it. And um, I think it was tough to prepare for. And when you got the, the kids that are able to, to run it mm-hmm. efficiently, I mean, it, it'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt, man. That's, that's awesome. I met coach fairs before the, we played Morgantown 2017 yeah. and I just thought yeah. he was a, you know, an excellent coach. Cause they were like, that was a wild situation. So like Logan Holgerson was their quarterback right. in the summer. Right. Then he left and transferred. So they right. were like, we don't, we don't have a quarterback. So they had to go single wing. Then he came back. Yeah. And then they had to kind of like morph it. And we were talking before the game. He's like, man, this is a wild year. I said, that yeah. sounds crazy, man. Yeah. You got a, a quarterback that has grown up in the air raid system. And then now you, you're, you got a, a coach that is pretty much a single wing savant and he just puts right. it in. But Tyler, he, he's an amazing coach and a good friend of mine. And, um, if you want to talk about single wing, he's, he's got to pick, pick his brain because that's his baby. And I mean, Bridgeport, they, they scored a ridiculous amount of points this year running the single wing. And, um, I know he'll do a great job being the head guy there now. Heck yeah, coach. Coach Richardson told me like defensively, you guys are doing a lot of like tight front stuff or some tight front um, coverage stuff. And I'd love you to just kind of just talk about that and we'll just, we'll go from there. Yeah, and it, I've always morphed my defense around what I felt like our strengths were. Mm-hmm. So my my first year in fifteen as a DC, we ran a four three um, mm-hmm. quarters cover, and it was I pretty much stole everything from Coach um, Narduzzi, who was at Michigan State then, now at Pitt. And then the next year we had um, a couple more athletes. We ran four two five. And then the last two years, we've had not not a whole lot of size up front and not a whole lot of depth and a lot more DBs. So we went more tight front, like uh, like Baylor and, and Iowa State guys are in the Big 12, what they run. So, um, yeah, just a tight front. I mean, we ran um, just a 404, what typically um, those guys are running. And, um and it really just depends on the week and, and who you have. And if you want to crowd the box, you can bring bring the that strong and, and that jack up and um, have them be conflict players and uh, get them in the into the run and the pass. And um, like I said, I just feel like uh, as a defensive coordinator, you really have to uh, tune your defense to, to the skill set of your guys. And uh, with the amount of DBs that we had, that's kind of what we did. And, um, ran some different coverages. We really like to run uh, like a trap cover, where mm-hmm. the corner will will carry one until he's going to be out leveraged by two, and then he sits and uh, mm-hmm. free safety plays over top and has outside third, and uh, that strong safety is trying to get underneath one and carry mm-hmm. vertical two if, if that's a, if that's the case. But um, really, just try to be multiple, but at the same time. Uh, not trying to overload the kids with with different coverages, so um, I really felt like we were able to to play fast with that defense, and it, it's nice because you can manipulate that front. Um, we had an, an all state caliber linebacker; he was second team all state, and TJ Guire, and we we would like to move that nose and um, to his side. That way, he didn't have a, a gap responsible, so he was actually. Mm-hmm. Able just read that guard and fly and mm-hmm. uh, I think he's 
top five in our tackle list. So he, he really flourished in, in that defense. That's awesome, Coach. Coach, do you two gap much out of your, your odd stuff, or is it more like single gap for y'all? Yeah, it's, it's more single gaps. Like I said, we don't have the really those meat eaters um, that can really eat up gaps. Um, one thing I learned from Coach uh, Ty Gower, he's in uh, – I think he's mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. Well, he's in Texas now at Princeton. And um, I talked to him on the phone, and he's a big, tight guy. And um, he he taught, taught me what he does with his nose, and he teaches a, a jet and a – a lag technique. So uh, the jet technique, you're a- attacking that, that front shoulder of the center, trying to get in that gap. And um, the lag technique, you're essentially doing the same thing, but it's almost like a box out in basketball to where you're, mm. you're working your butt toward that guard and trying to occupy him. That way he can't climb to, to second level. Um, like I said, all, I feel like all the ideas are stolen. So Coach Gower was a, a huge resource. And uh, Coach Gaylor, who's at, at Jinx in Oklahoma, he's a big mm-hmm. uh, tight front guy. So anything that they put on Twitter, I, I made sure that I was bookmarking my Twitter and, and trying to trying to incorporate it with what we were doing. Oh, no doubt. I, man, Twitter is just like one of the best places to do find information and just like you said oh steal God. those ideas man goodness gracious it's awesome for that for us football because it's like a free clinic every day if you want it yeah you know? it is <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter if it's drills or or simulated pressures or or different looks and, and coverages whatever it is i mean my my bookmarks are full of stuff that, that i took from people and tried to incorporate with what we were doing yeah no doubt uh so I, you like being a head coach like what was your like offensive philosophy, how that mesh together. I love asking that question to people. Like, how do you mesh those together? Because I think they got to fit if you're going to be a, you know, successful program like you obviously have run. Yeah, it was, it, it was tough because um, the first two years, my offensive coordinator, he, he was on that 2011 team and he was a single wing guy and uh, we ran single wing and he wasn't able to be with us and, um, uh, in 19 so um, I promoted Zach Neff as offensive coordinator and I I told him that I wanted to go back to the jet series and um, he, he implemented it well and we had the guys that could run it and um, we graduated a couple guys but got a couple guys uh, this year and uh, we, we just felt like it fit our system well and um, the guys bought in and it, it's when you break it down it's a pretty simple offense to run and uh, and I, I feel like the kids executed it pretty well. No doubt. I mean, sorry, when you're saying jet series, like obviously running jet, are you running like belly to the jet or, you know, some people call that lead and then like counter away or how do you, like, how are you, how do you guys series that? Well, our, our biggest plays were obviously uh jet sweep and uh trap and, mm, okay. and, and cross. So cross, you'd typically run it to, uh, the nub side with the motion, um, depending on what the defense gives you, you can you can either wide block it or uh, traditional cross block. Uh, your your wing will will wrap inside the B gap and take on the the backer in the B gap, yeah. and that that was a huge play for us. Um, and then uh, six trap was big. Uh, you you get it down and 
-hmm. your dog comes and, and kicks out. I mean, it's, it's regular trap, but um, mm -hmm. it's nice to to have certain plays that you can run with motion, without motion. You can mix and match them. So I, I really felt like that made us multiple um, out of our different sets because we could run, like I said, with motion, without motion, and, and still run the same same stuff. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's 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 good stuff. I mean, I think any offense is good, systematic. I mean, what what's your thoughts on that? Like, like it has to all kind of like fit together. That's that's why I guess I mean by systematic. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And um, I mean, we even we even took pieces from uh, like triple option. Like we were mm. we were huge to run a midline. Um, our quarterback, he was our quarterback for two years, and um, he was really getting the hang of it in the latter part of, of his first year running midline. And it was a huge play for us this year. Rodney, I think he was, I want to say he was our leading rusher uh, yeah. as a quarterback. And I mean, we didn't, we didn't run boots, naked boots or anything. It was, it was off the midline. And it was nice because if, if we didn't get the, the, the look that we liked, um, we would just make a Florida call and florida meant flip so we if we were running it to the to the zero we'd flip it and run it to the one um and that was something we repped a lot and it, it really helped us out and midline was a, a huge play for us this year mm -hmm. man i remember we were preparing for a playoff team in 2014 um and they ran midline and our head coach, I was a DC at the time. And our head coach is like, how do we get an extra hat? I'm like, you don't, man, you got to be the block right. if you're getting midline. Right. Cause they're reading the guy, you know, it's right. an interior deal. Do you guys insert anybody on midline? Like you take your wing and insert him in there. No, it's, 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 um, if it, it all depends on the guard, if, mm -hmm. if he has a free release, he, he's going to go to the backer. If, if he's kind of, walled off by the by a three tech he's he's gonna kind of arc release and and go to that backer um but it's a quick hitter i mean it's it's two six inch steps out of our quarterback and, and he's reading that that one or that three technique the whole time and um if that, if that uh nose crashes he's pulling and if he stays and reads he's he's giving it to the the fullback um so i mean it, it, it was a quick hit and play and it really worked out for us. And Rodney got a lot of huge gains off of it because TJ was, I mean, he's 6'4", 200 pounds as our fullback. And uh, teams were really keying on him, hit, hitting it up the middle. And uh, those noses would wrap TJ up and Rodney would slip right behind him and, and get a lot of a lot of big gains off of it. Coach, a 6'4", 200-pound fullback. I think we'd like key the whole defense on that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know he, he just uh, – yeah, he we we hand timed him at what was it like a a four or five something. He's Jeez. he's a he's a freak. He's he's going to Fairmont to play next year, and I'm excited to to see him play. That's awesome, Coach. Coach, I gotta ask, how did you play a whole year on the road? Like, I really like that's a like how did you do that? I mean, that's that's unique for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, with everything else that was going on, uh, it was just like adding it, adding it to the plate. So, um, and when I talked to the coaches about it, I, I, I told them that, that we really had to be up because the, 
the kids were going to feed off of our energy and, and how we felt about the whole situation. So um, we just tried to make it into a positive. And mm-hmm. one thing that I, one quote that I stole from General Patton was, I'm a soldier, I fight where I'm told, and I win where I fight. And that was there kind of our, that was kind of our mantra because we knew we weren't playing at home and we had to play on the road. And, and that was the hand that we were dealt. And um, like Sissonville, I think our game was their sixth game. So uh, we were at least lucky enough to be playing almost every week. And a lot of teams, especially in the southern part of the state, uh, didn't have that fortune. So we looked at it as a, as, as a positive that we were actually getting to play when other teams weren't. So uh, we need to be thankful, even though that the situation wasn't ideal. Yeah, no doubt, man. That's that's awesome. I, I can feel you on it because I coached at a place in 2011. We didn't have a home field. We practiced on a in a church's like softball outfield. <laughs> Coach, that's real. Eagles U, Eagles U Academy. Um, but like kind of similar situation. Like we had like one of the best seasons of school history. We went like nine and three or something like that. But it right. was like you talked about, you can't control any of that. You just got to keep going. And that's right. it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of what we talked about with the kids. Just just take it week by week and wherever we play, we're going to give it our best effort and try to bring back a W to Elkins. That's awesome, man. Coach, as we as we land the plane on this, I would love just some wisdom on or wisdom for, excuse me, like younger coaches trying to get into the profession. Cause I feel like that's usually like questions I get on Twitter yeah. or whatever. Like, how do you get into the coaching? So what are some what's some good nuggets you could give to them if you don't mind? Well, I think once you're on staff, it doesn't matter what position you are uh, or that you hold on that team, that you need to prepare as if you're a coordinator. Um, I was lucky enough to see how how my dad prepared uh, for games. And um, even as a, a freshman defensive coordinator, I prepared the same way as I did as a, a varsity DC. Um, so whatever position you hold, you need to make sure that um, you're carrying that carrying that out because ultimately if, if you're serious about the coaching profession, you're going to move up through the ranks. So uh, you need to make sure that whatever level you're at, that you're preparing the best that you can. That way, when your number is called, you're ready. You don't have to, you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. I, I love that you said that because I feel like a lot of people wait till they get like the coordinator title to like put in extra work. And I think that if you just put in the extra work, your opportunity will come. Right. Do you think that's, what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. Cause um, when I, when I found out that I was going to be coordinator in 15, I was scared to death, but uh, after a while I was like, well, I've already, I've already prepared for this. And mm-hmm. it, it, it was essentially going through the, the same thing that I'd already done uh, as, as a freshman DC. And, um, once I settled myself down, it was, it was the same thing. So, um, just, just really preparing yourself to, to move to that next level and, and don't, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, I think that's, that's one thing, especially, and even me, I mean, on Twitter, if, if coaches are using different lingo or, or talking about things, you have no clue what they're talking about, ask them about it. Cause I haven't found once, that those guys have have blown me off. They, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what level they're at or how much success they've had. They're always um, willing to help another coach in any way. So don't be afraid to ask questions because 
um, that's not a sign of weakness. If, if you try to try to cover it up and, and act like, you know, what, um, you're doing and you really don't, you're going to get exposed. So really just, just ask questions and, and try to be a sponge because when you're in that position, now you, your kids are going to benefit from you and your knowledge. Um, you don't have to blow smoke that you actually know what you're talking about. Coach, that's awesome. That is great wisdom, man. I appreciate you coming on after putting, putting the kid down and uh, I appreciate your wisdom and your time coach. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me coach.